Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 103 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. I found myself in a situation in which I didn't look the best. One year, I got put in charge of doing all the pheasant releases for the northern region in the state of Utah. And it was my job to go around to the different pheasant farms and collect the pheasants. Then I would go to different locations and I would release them as the plan stated. And we had to put out a plan beforehand of the release sites. And uh, what they found is because they posted these online, people knew where they were going to be released and they would show up at the same time the release was happening. So as the birds flew out of the cages, people were there desperately shooting those and they were on the ground for just a very short time before they were killed. And they found out that it was the same people that were traveling to all these locations, whether they were going themselves or they were taking friends or family. And it didn't allow the public very much opportunity. So we started changing up the release times, release them in the middle of the night, release them before sunrise so the birds had time to go. They were doing all these things, but we ended up contracting with a pheasant farm that they were the low bid, and so that's what the state picked. But the challenge we had there is they had nobody working for them in which to collect, you know, anywhere from 150 to 500 pheasants at a time. And so I had to gather a group of employees and volunteers to come to these pheasant farms and help me stuff them in cages. As we would go along, we were putting them in these wooden crates that stacked really nice, that reduced the amount of stress on the birds, so everything would go well. But over time, these boxes would wear and break down. And I was given a full crate of birds, and when as soon as they're put in the crate, they're charged. The state's automatically charged for them. I get a hold of this crate, and I'm transferring it to the trailer, and you've got anywhere from six to 12 birds in it, and they're just super heavy. And as I'm walking, I rip the top completely off the crate, and the entire box of pheasants flies straight up in the air. These pheasants, they're used to having a net, so every time they fly up and they have blinders on, every time they fly up, they just fly until they hit the net, and then they come back down. Well, once you remove the net and you put them out in the open, they will fly vertical for hundreds of feet in the air, just flying straight up because that's what they're used to doing. And it just slipped out of my mouth. I said, mother, beep. And everybody stopped and looked at me, all the volunteers. My boss, who's very religious, just stared at me. And I just wanted to find myself or go and crawl in a hole because of that situation. Translocations don't always go as planned. That's all I'm trying to say. We'd gotten a call from a lady who had a situation in which she had a bunch of turkeys. And she wanted them off of her property because they were causing damage to her property. As well as making an unsightly mess of feces. Little plops of feces everywhere. And so she was very unhappy. And we'd agreed to come in and remove some of those. We had loaded up the turkeys in my truck. We drove down about a quarter of a mile away from her location, and we started to transfer the turkeys to a different truck that was heading down to pick up the rest of the turkeys and then put them all together in a trailer and drop them 
translocate them and release them in a different part of the state that was having a drop in turkeys. As we're handing boxes across from each other, it's winter time and these boxes are kind of soggy and you're doing the best you can. And I will never forget the moment that I picked up this box, handed it to my boss and the bottom just dropped out and these turkeys just dropped out and they flew off. And I, I remember just looking specifically at this lady's house who I could see from where we were at. And then out of the corner of my eye watching this turkey soar. People don't realize that turkeys can fly, but turkeys can fly for forever, hundreds of yards, just a big, massive bird, 20, 25 pound bird, just soaring low across the ground as I'm staring at this woman's house, waiting for her to just come down and tear me and my boss apart. It didn't happen. But translocations don't always go as planned. Which brings me to today's topic, translocations. There was a paper put out a couple of years ago called The Efficacy of Translocations as a Management Tool for Urban Mule Deer. And it was uh, done in Utah by uh, Channing Howard. And the article and the research looked into, was this a, a good method? And was this method going to be one that we should use more than, say, euthanizing or hunting? Translocations have been proposed as a potential management tool for mitigating human-deer conflicts in urban areas. We, where the area that we live in, the urban butts right up against these mountains, and these deer are coming down onto the benches, and they're coming into these mountain towns, and they're causing havoc if you're not tolerant to deer. One, they're eating all of the shrubs and bushes, ruining your landscape. Two, they present potential danger in traffic situations. Everybody wants to go faster. The only way to reduce those traffic concerns is by going slower, and we know that's just not going to happen. Another one is safety, because mule deer view us as a predator or an unknown. They are can be difficult to be around because they can attack what we see, think as unprovoked, they'll attack. We also have predators with us, or what mule deer view as predators, and those are dogs. And I have seen mule deer go in and tromp dogs. I've worked with people who have had their dogs killed by mule deer. So wildlife and the public are not generally a good thing. The study was performed between 2011 2015. There was a total of 335 deer that were translocated in the state of Utah. What was awesome for me is while uh, this study was being performed is when I started going to get my undergrad at Utah State, as well as started working with the division. So I got to see firsthand how this whole study worked out and be a part of this, and it was very interesting. They found that the translocation success rate for urban mule deer was roughly 83%. The average distance of the translocation sites from the site to the release site was 51 miles. The study found that the survival rate of the translocated mule deer was 83% during the first year of translocation. They also found that the mule deer, most, the majority of the mule deer did not return to the area that they were captured. So translocations are an effective tool, but they're costly they're very expensive to do. I think we were somewhere in the neighborhood of $1,800 per deer. And it depends on 
the release site where you're releasing them to. I think one of the requirements that you've got to go in is you've got to reduce the amount of predators because these mule deer are being dropped in these unknown locations. And if you don't do predator control for these areas, they have no idea where they're going. They can't find food. They can't find water. And they definitely don't know where the predators are going to be. And they start getting targeted. And your overall success rate can drop dramatically. So as far as the cost effectiveness, uh, hunting is definitely the most effective, then euthanization, and then translocation. But it may be more effective in an urban setting than anywhere else, because hunting and euthanization in an urban setting is difficult. I've had to do both uh, euthanization and translocation in urban settings, and I far more preferred the translocations and trapping and removal than I did euthanization. The challenge with euthanization is there's so many safety concerns. Uh, one time I was asked to dispatch a deer, and when I showed up on the scene, it was right next to a school. It was literally laying on the wall of the school, and they asked me to euthanize it, and I said I would not. I made them call an officer. The officer showed up and said, all right, go ahead and euthanize it. And I said, absolutely not. And he said, why not? And I said, do you realize where we're at? And then it dawned on him we were at a school. So I went in and talked to the principal. They put the school on lockdown. We euthanized the deer. And then we went on about our way. Another story that I heard about is one block from where our school was, a deer got euthanized and they reported that the shots were fired at the school. They put the school on lockdown until they determined that it was a division of wildlife employee euthanizing a deer. So trapping and transporting is a little bit easier, but not less controversial. In one of the areas that we were doing trap and transport, we had people that were going around because they liked the big bucks being there so they could collect the sheds. They would go around and release the deer before we could go in. So we would set the traps every night and then sunrise we would go back and we would start picking up these deer. Well, they found out our schedule and they would go in in the dark and they would start doing releases in the dark. And we'd found a lot of our traps had been tripped and it just created a, a situation that wasn't good for public safety or our safety or the animal safety. Cause uh, if they open up these nets, they, the people could be attacked the deer. Uh, when they go bolting out of these traps, they could be hurt, whether they're running across roads, jumping into fences. There's a whole host of things that, that make it difficult. All right, you guys, thanks for being with me on today's episode about translocations. Stay wild. Watch where you drop your turkeys. Have a great day.